Hi, I'm James P. Friel. And I'm Dean Holland. It's time to fasten your seatbelts, boys and girls. That's right. If you're an entrepreneur who's wanting to take your business to the next level and have a bit of fun while getting cutting-edge advice on your business, marketing, and sales, welcome to Just the Tips, arguably the best podcast in the entire world. I guess that's good, right? Yeah, that's good to me. All right. That was easy. That was the easiest thing we did all day. Yeah. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Just the Tips. We are very, very excited to have you here with us today. This is your host, James P. Friel, and I am here today uh, with an amazing guest. And uh, it's not Dean, actually, but no, Dean is here. <laughs> no need to sound so disappointed. Now, D- Dean, listen, listen, just let me properly introduce you. Stop, stop uh, screwing up the process here. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, Mr. Dean Holland. <laughs> I kind of like that. You redeemed that. That was good. I had you got in my way. I was like, I was getting there. You uh, you doubted me, which is very. It hurt my feelings, honestly. Well, if you want the truth, I always doubt you. But <laughs> okay, well, there we go. That's a great way to start the show. Yeah, welcome um, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the ongoing spat between <laughs> Dean and myself. Um, so today, uh, today, Dean, as you know, we have uh, Nora Salmon on the show. Nora is, she's got a background in something that most entrepreneurs do not. And that uh, actually has become her genius in what she's doing and sharing with people. Um, Nora uh, is previously a CPA, turned entrepreneur, started companies of her own. And uh, she's now helping entrepreneurs figure out the financial side of their business, which is so incredibly important. Nora, welcome to the show. Thank you. Uh, thank you for being here. Hi, thank you for having me. Absolutely. So we were uh, we were talking right before the show and uh, Nora and I go back a little ways, actually. Uh, she was, uh, when I was living in, uh, in South Beach in Miami, Nora was uh, uh, neighbors. Mm-hmm. That's how we got to know each other and mm-hmm. kind of talked shop and we're, uh, you know, kind of chit-chatting about what we're up to and everything like that, and then just stayed in touch. And uh, now you've created this amazing, amazing way of helping people. We're super excited to have you here today. Thank you. So quick question, who moved first? James. I did. Was you glad, Nora? <laughs> <laughs> I actually didn't know he had already moved until I, I think I texted him one day like, hey, you know, you want to do lunch or something? He's like, yeah, uh, so I don't live there anymore. <laughs> Oh, also just out of interest, not, not that I ever want to, you know, create this environment where it's like, who do you like best? But, but you and James obviously aren't close enough that he thought necessary to tell you he was moving. I got to tell you, Miami is the land of people that are there and not there simultaneously. You're, you never know who's there. It's like a, it's like a common joke, you know, Hey, are you in town? (laughs) Okay. All right. Well, maybe that was a failed attempt then at driving a wedge between you guys, but it's not. It was very I think you're going to need to bring a much stronger game, Dean. Right. Um, right. You know, I, if you're, uh, you know, if I were you, I'd probably just mute myself or even drop off the show. For the rest <laughs> of I, I mean, if I have to, I'll resort back to the fact that uh, Nora told us she's got British British roots. So yeah, but she doesn't <laughs> sound make me go British. There. Like, I don't. I'm so sorry. I've I've lost the accent. Yeah, it's okay, it's Nora. Okay. Don't. There's no reason to apologize for sounding normal. <laughs> yeah, if you just talk a little slower, then then we can understand you. <laughs> awesome. So, uh, so Nora, I want to hear about like 
why did you go from being a CPA to an entrepreneur? Like most most CPAs seem to be to me, and maybe mm. this is maybe I'm wrong, but they seem to be quite risk averse. They, uh, mm. you know, they've got sort of the thing that they do, and they're like, okay, this is what I'm doing. I'm going to count some beans today, and I'm going to make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then and then you decided to just sort of ditch that entire thing and leave what most people would think it would be the safety and the security of you know a very well defined career path to uh, to pursue a career in entrepreneurship. Like what what led to that? I, I feel the stress build up in my chest as I talk about it. <laughs> um, you know, it's uh, I got into this profession because we know that a lot of marriages, the number one reason for divorce is financially related. And for me, that's what I grew up in. My parents never really knew money, understood money, knew how to handle it. When they'd make it, they didn't know how to save it or even grow it. I mean, most people, they have trouble just to save it, um, let alone what know what to do with it to grow it and then take it to the next level. How do you scale it? How do you make it come back fivefold, tenfold, twentyfold. So I originally went into this profession because I didn't want to ever go through what my parents went through. And I, I saw the hardship on their marriage. I saw the hardship on raising three kids and having to afford that. And for me, it was, it was more like a protective preventative measure to say, all right, I, you know, I'll go to business school. I'll learn accounting finances and, uh, you know, and also be good at something that people don't like. Um, I did see that opportunity that this is very dry. Um, and well, I'm, a, yeah. I'm also good at something people don't like. Uh, I do this podcast with Dean. Right? Most <laughs> other wouldn't really be able to handle it. So I totally relate to what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. It's, and it is a little dry, my story of how I got into it, but that's, that's really was what got me into it. But, um, to answer question of, well, why did I go out of it? Well, what went, what made me go into it is I wanted the knowledge. So once I had the knowledge, I had the education, I had, you know, helped a lot of business owners, um, from all, all walks of life. You've got consultants, you've got doctors, you've got all kinds of people. You start to see a theme. Am I going to keep trading my time for money? And, there's a cap really on 24 hours. How much time are you going to work? And even when you maximize that, there's st- you're, you're limited. So I found myself in this profession making more and more money, but then you reach a cap and then your life is all based on, I make this and I have to pay for all of that. And you start to get, honestly, for me, you start to get pretty anxious because when you're not in your chair in front of the computer, you're not making money. And if you're not sitting there making money, you're somewhere else spending it. Right. So, so it became, I, I became very anxious from it. And I thought this is not sustainable. Like in the future, I don't want to be chained to a, a desk to make my living. Right. Right. I think one of the constant themes that we're like, we hear on this show is, you know, people people who go and want to start their own business or run their own company, they they do it for, you know, a desire for more freedom. They have a desire to, you know, have a bigger impact. They have a desire to, you know, have an unlimited income potential that's not constrained by time. Mm. So I think that's I think that's amazing. W- one of the one of the things though that I think trips everybody up though is their lack of understanding around the financial side of the mm. business. 
And, uh, and I think what's really cool about what you're doing, I want to get into it is, you know, you're, you're bringing like all that background from, you know, being a CPA and a financial advisor and all these different things to actually help entrepreneurs understand that part Mm -hmm. of their business, which in many, many cases, especially in the early stages, uh, is, is, is woefully neglected. Um, and, and most people have to learn the hard way. So can, can you sort of share what, what are the biggest mistakes that you think entrepreneurs are making right now when it comes to running and managing the financial side of their business? This is a great question. Um, that is a great question, James. <laughs> it's a number of aspects, but I'll say the you know one of the biggest, most impactful things that someone can do that can prevent a lot of the pain and mistakes and problems in a business are regular review of your financial statements on a monthly basis. If not freak more frequently, but I think that's a very digestible, maintainable routine that you can do. And for example, let's say you joined some program and you're paying a thousand dollars a month for it. And you've realized, you know, time goes by. There's, there are a lot of times when you, you subscribe to something could be something as little as Spotify, and it could be as big as this thousand dollar a month membership time goes by. And there are a lot of things we've signed up for that we don't know we're we're still signed up for. So I think um, when you are looking at your finances monthly, you're able to see simple things like, okay, how's our income? How, how is our overhead? How are our expenses? Blah, blah. But the minutia, it's in the details that you find a lot of things like, oops, you know, we didn't pay rent. Oops, uh, we are overdrawn in this bank account. Um, our sales took a 20% dip. I mean, you see trends and you find a lot, you know, you find a lot of bugs when you look every month. But what people do, what I find is the business owners make busy making the money, they're busy making the rain. And I'm sure you've seen this too. A lot of business owners, they're not the best managers. They were not, they were not bred to run companies and, and manage people. They know how to make the money. They know how to do their craft. So I think the business owners get very tied up in running the business and they lose track of this most simple thing, which is, Hey, let's look at our numbers. And a lot of them are kind of scared to, they're a little bit afraid to, they can, maybe they don't want, it's like looking at the scale. A lot of people don't weigh themselves every day because they don't want to deal with it. They don't want to know I'm five pounds overweight. Right. Right. Yep. Right. So I, I gotta be honest when she was saying all the oopses, Dean, <laughs> I was just like, oops, the budgies are eating each other. <laughs> 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 I just have to get it in. My, it's my obligatory mention. Well, there you go. You've successfully mentioned it every show. <laughs> One of Dean's early businesses was uh, was breeding and selling parakeets, <laughs> premium parakeets. And in the and in the UK, they call them budgies. But my favorite part of the story is that all these birds started eating each other. <laughs> it's horrible. I think I think uh, I shouldn't laugh at that, but you know what oh I think is funny is how I'm sure you find it funnier every time you say it. It's like really it just do. increasingly grows in you, and every time you speak it, it just gets worse. Well, I just think of this, you know, young, wide-eyed, innocent Dean Holland, who's like, I'm going to make some money selling these birds, <laughs> and then just the, the look of horror to go out to your mom's shed and find out that they've been. <laughs> Mom, it happened oh, again. God. I think it's very disturbing. No. <laughs> 
anyway, uh, that's, uh, that's, well, that's, you know, that's why you need to keep an eye on your numbers, right? Because, uh, if, Otherwise, if your we, business is going to eat itself. Clearly, that's exactly. Thank you, Nora. That's the point that I've been trying to make. I appreciate you me <laughs> I'm back on track full here. circle. Yeah. So, uh, so I was, so I was actually, uh, so I was actually speaking at an event uh, just a few days ago, and probably about 150 people, and we had like a Q and A after uh, after I got done speaking, and the host of the event asked the audience, "How many of you guys?" have, uh, you know, have your financials in place and read them on a regular basis, mm-hmm. like less than 10 people wow. in this audience of 150 wow. uh, raised their hands. And it was like, oh my gosh, this is, this is a major problem. And then he, and then he asked me uh, a really good question. And, and honestly, I didn't have a good answer for it. He's like, how, how do you recommend that people actually learn how to do this? Because mm-hmm. I think, I think there's a lot of, uh, almost embarrassment about not knowing how to read your financial statements yes. when you're supposed to be yes. the CEO. But the truth is, if nobody's ever taught you, well, how on earth would you know how? Right. 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 So, uh, so what are, you know, what are some ways, and I, I know you've been working on, a, on a, an amazing course and that might be some options for people, but, but what, uh, what are, what are some of the things that you share with these people? Cause I think it's easy for us to say, Okay, you got to know your numbers. You got to look at your statements. You got to figure out what's going on. But there's a lot of people who are listening who are going to say, you know what? That sounds good, but I don't know how to do that. So you're just barking up the wrong tree, right? Mm-hmm. So I, for a long time, I've been an outsourced CFO or you know controller, and it's literally I, I could be talking to people making millions of dollars, and exactly like you're saying, they don't know how to read the, the numbers. They don't, or they don't know what they mean. So, in my mind, these are the reports you need to look at, and I'll tell you the one report that I think would give people a lot of insight that, or two of them that they don't look at. So, every month, I think everyone should look at a profit and loss statement, a balance sheet. A statement of cash flows. This is the one that people really don't look at, and I don't know why. And a general ledger. So the thing is, people don't know how these all connect. Well, when you look at your PL, it's letting you know in a period of time what are your income, expenses, and bottom line, right? And so that is for a period of time. Now, the balance sheet is telling you at this point in time, where do things stand? Where are my assets? Where are my liabilities? And where is my equity? Like what I uh, I own after it all. So most people don't know assets minus my liabilities is what I get. It's what equity is left over for me. And just that, that one sentence is a piece of information a lot of people don't know. Right. Um, yeah. So I would say people should be looking at their statement of cash flows because what that will let you know is you got your income, your net income from your profit and loss, and it's going to show you how it got you to where your cash is on your balance sheet right now. It's going to tell you, um, you know, you made a, a profit of 10 grand, but, and you put, and you took out 10 grand to yourself as a distribution. And that's why you're at the same place where your cash was. It just, it stayed the same. But people, that's the biggest question business owners will ask is, where is my money? And the problem is they're not looking at these four statements because these four statements, those three financial statements show you how the performance ties to 
the balances ties to how we got there, the statement of cash flows. And then that general ledger, no one wants to deal with it. It's like going through your American Express bill, but you got to do it. You go through the general ledger and it lets you know every single transaction that has run through your business accounts, which accounts those are, those are balance sheet accounts, and then how the, how they affect your bottom line. So does it affect your income account, this cost of sales account, this expense account? And when you do the due diligence of going through that report every month and looking at those transactions, you could say, hey, James, like this is a personal expense. It's not supposed to be in the business. Or, wow, we haven't paid our insurance. Or that's where you're going to find the oopsie daisies that you don't think about when you, you wait till the end of the year and look at everything in its entirety. It's, it's too overwhelming. And no one's going to go through 12 months of transactions at that point. So one of the, one of the things that I think uh, I'd love for you to to sort of shine a light on is most, most of the people that I know who are looking at their, their financial statements really are only looking at their P and L and they're like, okay, here's, here's how much revenue we made. And then they Mm -hmm. sort of celebrate or not. Mm -hmm. And then, and then they look at their, their net profit. And I don't think that most people understand the difference between net profit and mm-hmm. cash in the bank. Right. Um, can you can you help like just in like a super layman's way explain why looking at your net profit does not equal how much cash you're actually making? Okay. This is a great question. So there's two ways you can look at your profit and loss. One can be the cash method, which means whatever cash came into our account and whatever expenses were paid, that would tell you your profit. But then there's another way to do it. And that could be, let's say you're doing invoicing, you're billing a lot. Let's say you're a wedding planner and you're billing all these customers and you've got all these invoices and then you've got all these bills from your vendors. Well, now your profit is kind of a conceptual profit, which is based on people you build and people that build you. So you first have to figure out what kind of way are you going to be looking at your your business? Right? So I think... That's right. that's step one. Are you going to be cash? And that depends on what kind of business you have and how you choose to manage that business, right? Yes. And I think actually it's, it's, it's clever to look at both because in the accounting world, accrual, which is looking at what you've billed and what's been billed to you, is supposed to be the most reflective uh, way to look at your business because you're actually matching the income and expenses in the time that they occurred. The problem with cash is someone might owe me money from a year ago and then it comes in this month and then I have the expenses that I have and I can say, oh wow, I had a great I had a great month. But we have to remember that, that cash that flew in this month isn't really indicative of, of our performance of what we generated this month, right? So that's why cash is is what's actually happening. But if things are not happening homogeneously, the month to month, then you, what you're looking at might, you're reading something that's not indicative of the performance of the business. Right. So, so Dean, I don't know about you, but for most of the people that you come in contact with, would you say that sounds like a pretty scary conversation we just had? 100%. I'm kind of scared myself. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what's profit? <laughs> profit is when the one parakeet does not. <laughs> yeah. Parakeet minus no. one dead parakeet because <laughs> instead of e- eating its brother, it, it generates five children. That that would be profit. Right. Well, that was the goal. 
I went the wrong way. Please, Nora, don't rub salt in these wounds. <laughs> like, he knows what could have been. This could have been the, a really big empire. Oh, You're literally making a mockery of my lack of profit as a kid. No, I'm not. That, that, is the, that is the last thing that I would ever do, Dean. You know I would refuse to make a mockery of anything <laughs> related to anything you've been involved in. I'm insulted. I'm insulted at the insinuation that I would do that. <laughs> So Nora, wh- so there's going to there's going to be people uh who I think are like, okay, this this makes sense. I want to dig in, and I mm-hmm. want to learn more. And then there's going to be people who are just like, you know what? This isn't my zone of genius. This isn't what I should be focusing my time on. Like I, like I can't uh I can't imagine most of the entrepreneurs I know actually going through their general ledger line by line, but I can I can imagine that they know what to tell somebody else to do and so that they get those reports in a way that's meaningful for them and they can make decisions. But I've also experienced, and this is my own experience and what I've, what I've observed with you know, all the different companies and clients that I've worked with, there are a lot of really, really uh, awful mm-hmm. bookkeepers yes. and accountants out there who right. don't know what they're doing, who are you know, kind of uh, proliferating misinformation and uh and just right. have awful practices and things like that for the for the person who doesn't want to become as like dialed in themselves which i can understand how do they go about hiring or finding somebody who actually does know what they're talking about and who's not going to lead them astray the problem is that the nature of the beast of whether it's a cpa or a bookkeeper is they're introverted. They don't. They don't like FaceTime. They don't like to explain themselves. They're very defensive. It like if you ask them like, "Hey, well, why is that number that?" Well, like they get very defensive. Um, the problem is the kind of personality that does this kind of work is already a challenge in my opinion. But the issue is transparency is what's what's missing in this industry. It's not like when you go to a doctor and they say, <laughs> pardon the term, like James, pull down your pants. Okay. Here are the findings <laughs> here, you know, here are your options. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's not like that. You know, it's not like they tell you the findings, they tell you your options. Then you pick an option, you go there. And now they say, well, then here are the results. Where do we go from here in the accounting world? It's, Give me your crap. Here's your crap back. Have a nice day. Don't call me. I don't want to hear from you. So, it, in ter- <laughs> so in terms of who you're going to pick, you know, it, obviously, you know, you guys have a great network. You want to get someone that's highly recommended. But that I do talk about this in my program. But you know, there are certain things you should set the expectations for. Like you would tell this person, I want all my accounts reconciled every month. I want all of the financial statements provided to me every month because I got to tell you 80% of the bookkeepers that are doing this work, they do the work and they don't give you a deliverable. They don't give you something in hand. I've, I've helped run a huge bookkeeping company in the DC area. They, They serve most of the businesses in this area. And a lot of these bookkeepers were not providing financial statements when they were done. They were just paying bills, you know, downloading credit card charges, coding stuff. And like, okay, see you next week. It's like, what, what, what are you here for? Like the business owner needs this, this knowledge. So I would say, obviously get someone that's very heavily recommended and, oh, it's, it's tough because you know, it's like, how do you know you're the doctor you're going to is, is at the bottom of the barrel of the doctors in that you know, in that specialty, we don't, you know, so it's, it's like, you're just going to have to get someone that's very, 
you know, well recommended and, you know, they should be communicative and they should be telling you this is how your business is. And they should be giving you recommendations. Like for instance, I'll say, okay, I notice you're getting charged a lot for you, you know, or it could be down to this. They should be telling you, Hey, your merchant fees are 5%. Did you know if we use this provider instead, we could drop that in half. Like that's a valuable bookkeeper. That's someone I want on my team, but you, you need someone that's not only going to give you transparency and, and deliverables on a regular basis. They should be proactive. They should be bringing you constantly knowledge recommendations. Um, because sorry to go back, but you asked me, you know, well, what are, where is, where are some of the problems? Okay. There's expenses that you're paying for as a business owner that you don't need to be paying for. There are things you're not doing to protect the business that could cause problems. Like if you don't, if you need an HR aspect, that's not integrated and now you're underpaying people and that goes by one year, two years, and then the department of labor comes and gives you a fine. I've seen a company go out of business because they weren't paying their people properly. And then when they got people, penalized for it, they didn't have the money to pay that penalty. So it's, it's cost leaks. It's lack of protection. It could be something so simple as not being the right structure. I was at lunch in Miami like last year and a big time realtor, this guy's young and he's selling five plus million dollar homes regularly. And we're just talking. And I said, you know, what kind of, what kind of business are you set up as? He's like, Oh, you know, LLC, I'm like, just you. He's like, yeah. I'm like, that's, that's your structure. He's like, yeah. I'm like, do you know you're paying an extra 15% per year on the profits of your business? Cause you're the, just that structure. And he leaves there furious, calls his CPA and, and changes to the structure that I recommended. And it's, it's, it could be something that simple that you were set up this way when you started your business. And now you're at a point where you're generating money and you need to change the structure so that you're you're not paying unnecessary taxes that you don't need to pay. I think if, you know, and this, this is something that, uh, you know, I've, I've discovered as well, you know, the, the bookkeepers are, that are good are the ones that are actually going to make recommendations back to you. Right. Um, they're going like reconciling your checking accounts and your bank accounts and like all those things. That's like, that's just what has to happen. Like that's the base level of service that you would expect from mm-hmm. somebody who's keeping track of those things, right? That's the that's you know to to sort of joke around about. It. That's the bean counting aspect, mm-hmm. right? That, that is necessary. And if they can't do that, then you know that's like then they really shouldn't even be a bookkeeper, right? But a a good a good bookkeeper, a good person in this role is going to be somebody who does all of that and is making sure that everything is in the right category so you can see trends over time. They're going to be the person who is helping you understand your numbers, right? Like you should be able to ask that person what does this mean? Right. W- without them being like, "Oh, like um, you know, I can't tell you that. Like why don't you know?" And it's like, "Well, right. I'm not a bookkeeper, dude. That's why I don't right. know." Right. right? And uh and and they should also, you know, be providing uh, you know, sort of fo- uh, forecasting to help you see where you're going. Right. Um, with, you know, cause the, I've, I've gone through, you know, over the years, you know, a number of, number of people I've had, uh, <laughs> I've had very, very horrible, uh, arguments with them that I thought they were doing things incorrectly, but I, like, I understand mm-hmm. this stuff and I call them out on it quickly, but like mm-hmm. now, you know, I have somebody who's on my team and he's absolutely amazing. And he, obviously he's keeping everything, uh, you know, all the data clean. 
But in addition, you know, I get I get my financial report, you know, I get once once a week and I get cash forecasts and I get all these different things that wonderful help me as a business owner actually adjust course and be able to see where I'm going. And I can't tell you guys like the, the you know, one of the one of the reasons I wanted to have Nora on the show is because this is so incredibly important understanding uh understanding your numbers and i'm and i'm i'm just glad that uh there are other people out there talking about this because it's one of the biggest reasons that i see a lot of entrepreneurs failing right even if you have a great idea even if you mm-hmm. have customers even if you have a great team like all those things if you if you can't measure how well your business is performing mm-hmm. you're you're running at risk and that's an unnecessary risk because there's easy ways to do it. And even if you don't want to get into all the detail, you can, you can really like interview and find a great bookkeeper. Um, and I think your idea, Nora, about, you know, finding somebody who's highly, highly recommended, uh, is a great suggestion, um, in getting, getting that ball rolling. Right. I'd want to know the guy that you're using that's giving you those reports every week. Cause a lot of people have trouble just getting it, you know, every month. Well, they don't demand them either, right? They're they're like I feel like I feel like in this mm-hmm. area, people are quite passive because they don't know what to ask for and they don't know what to expect. Right? Um, like you would never if you were run if you were hiring somebody to run your Facebook ads, for example, and you didn't hear from that person for three or four months, mm-hmm. like and and they and you didn't know how your ads were doing and you didn't know if they were producing leads or sales. Would you continue to work with that person? The chances are like almost never, right? And and in this area of the, of the business, I think people just sort of don't know what to expect, and so right. they 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 take the shit that's given to them, right? Instead of demanding something that is uh, that is necessary and important, and so I think at minimum, like who when you're listening to this show, at minimum, go back to your bookkeeper, go back to your CPA, and exactly like Nora is saying. Ask for your your uh, your financial statements at least on a monthly basis. Your yeah. P and L, your balance sheet, your cash flow statement, and your general ledger. Yeah, and 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 those things. Like, if you get pushback from your bookkeeper or your CPA when you make that request, find somebody new. Yeah, like like immediately. And I promise That's you guys, a flag right there, right? It's, it's a huge flag. And and there are bookkeepers and and accountants and everything out there who are amazing. And there and I I don't believe there is a shortage of bookkeepers in this mm-hmm. world, right? Like, so they're a dime a dozen, and you as a as an entrepreneur who's bringing something to the table, like you need mm-hmm. to respect that. And so, just go out and ask them for those things on a monthly basis, and then when you get them, ask them to explain it to yes. you. Like that, they're the person who should be in have the most intimate knowledge of your numbers, and if they can't explain it to you in a way that you understand. Mm-hmm. Fire them, <laughs> right? It's true. Like if if they can't get you the numbers on a regular basis, fire them. If they can't explain them to you when you ask questions, fire them. Right? Like it's it's right. It's, it's that simple, and it is that important. Like don't spare their feelings. 
let like let let somebody else worry about that. I will say though that a lot of times, you know, you're trying to support like you're trying to support the owner if you're the bookkeeper, and a lot of times these business owners, as you know, everyone's busy and and it's it's they're not there. Or look, I get it. Like I could tell you don't even want to hear the details of your general ledger. I get it, but it's it, it they have to be micromanaged. I mean, I will say all the clients I've worked with over the last ten plus years, I sit them down, I take them away from their lunch, I I'm like, we are sitting down now. We're going to go over each of these reports. I need you to know these things. I need you to communicate what concerns you have. Like I I have to sit them down. So, um, I got to say a lot of it's planning. You got to pick a day that they can give you X amount of time that day and sit down with you that they can come in, get what they need to do the work, but then you're going to have a powwow for an hour where it's just you too. No one interrupting, no calls, no staff coming, because that's the hard part is, is getting the business owner to sit still. Yes. I, I totally agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Entrepreneurs uh, are, you know, a, a rare breed. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of uh, borderline ADD type stuff. <laughs> yes. Uh, and anxiety. Yeah. We don't want to do this, but I would say that's a big part of it too. And I mean, just to give your following, you know, more great free knowledge, I would say another uh, recommendation I have is, you know, don't wait to talk to your CPA during tax time. They don't want to talk to you then. They're they're in a robotic mode, like, let's produce, let's get all these returns out the door on time. So I'm a big, big, big believer. Right now we are, we're talking in September, but I'm a big believer that around November, that is the dead time for CPAs. This is the time of the year where they're going to do continuing education. There, it's it's like the calm before the storm of tax season because they finish the September fifteenth deadline, which is for all uh, businesses, and then the October fifteenth deadline is for individuals. These are all the things that got extended from the beginning of the year, and you want to sit down with them before the year's over because they, you might find out. This is another great tip. How can you maximize your retirement plan? How can you put money away in retirement? through your business that's going to help you lower your taxable income for the business, but also sock away money that you're not just going to give all away in taxes, right? Or they could say, hey, you know, James, this is the year you could buy this this Cadillac SUV you want. It's over 6,000 pounds. We get a very uh, favorable deduction. Um, Go ahead and do it. You need it. You're in a very high tax bracket. The, The dollars you're saving are at 35 cents on the dollar, not just 20 cents on the dollar now. So we really do need these deductions, you know? So I'm a big believer in the last quarter of the year, meet with your accountant when there's no one else in there bugging them. You've got their full attention, pay them for an hour of time. If it's, if it's three to $400 for their time, it's worth it because they could literally look at last year's tax return, this year's books where they're at right now. And you could, you can get a lot out of them. Yeah. So, uh, so, so Dean, you know, this is a big soapbox of mine. Right. So I'm like, I'm all fired <laughs> I can up tell. here today. I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, uh, it's, it's, um, I just think it's sad and it's unfortunate that many people don't, one, they, they limit the amount of success that they can have by not really getting, uh, an understanding of this or getting the right mm-hmm. people around them. But two, like how many how many businesses have unnecessarily gone under yeah because of this right like the the product was good the customers loved it the team was good like all these things were good oh but we weren't keeping an eye on our numbers and sorry so we had to shut our doors right. that sucks 
And it could be something as simple as it could be stealing. You know, I've, I've seen restaurants where a check is written, it's printed out onto a check. And then later the bookkeeper, the bookkeeper was doing the stealing. It could be someone else, but they're going back and changing the transaction. So this check to James has now been replaced to, oh, it's a check for XYZ vendor, you know? And that's what I'm trying to say. It's like, if you don't catch it in the first month, the second month, the third month, now a whole year and a half goes by and that's been happening, you know, month by month, a, a check for two grand has been taken out of the business. So like, I'm a big believer, like at least catch something in its tracks, whether it's yeah. subscription, you don't need anymore. Um, it could even be that, you know, you're paying for something that you're not getting the benefit of, but I'm a big believer. I mean, how much time would it really take you to go through general ledger and all those, those transactions, if they're sorted by the vendor name, and they're by category, it would take you, I know, like James, you'd be in it, through it in 15 minutes, but I guarantee you, you'll find something that's going to save you money, whether it's a cost leak, it's a protective measure, it's an opportunity, it's, oh, wow, we did so well. Like, for instance, I look at advertising a lot. I think this is a good one. What is the percent of cost to revenue on your advertising? If you're spending, in my mind, less than 5% of your revenue on advertising and things that are going to build that revenue, then there's a problem because that, I mean, that's what I see a lot of my clients do is they're not keeping that funnel and they, they only start to do advertising or efforts or using certain people that have helped them generate business when they feel that things have died down. It's not as busy, but if someone's looking at this regularly, they'd be able to see, like, they'd be able to see, are we regularly investing in stuff to keep our funnel filled? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, so first of all, you've created uh, you've created a course uh, for entrepreneurs uh, called Save Your Financial Ass, which I think uh, <laughs> Dean and I both think is the best course course name ever. I love how you uh, you trademarked your ass as well. It is trademarked. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you gotta. I, I guess that's what you gotta do. So, so tell. Uh, so tell people a little bit about the course and and what's in there and what they can expect and uh, just you know sort of a real high level overview. Sure. Um, basically, in my years of practicing and helping business owners, you find a lot of the same themes, and I found myself saying I can't just keep saying the same things over and over again. So I literally had six hours of content filmed of me talking this fast about this much knowledge cut down to four hours and it's in eight modules. And basically it's anything from what's, what tax structure should you be? How do you maintain your financial accounts? How do you get the most out of QuickBooks? Like what should you be looking at? Um, what reports should you be looking at? How do you protect your business? Um, tax deductions that you're not maximizing and especially things like you know, what you do in your personal life that can actually be a business deduction, right? Like I talk about the fund deductions that can be written off through the business that are, you know, and how you can substantiate that they are deductions. So I think that's one of my favorite modules, um, showing you how to understand your financial reports and read them and seeing how they all tie together, uh, knowing the tax deadlines you have to know, because, there's always something popping up. Like when do you pay your estimates? When do you file this return? You know, if you extend the returns, what does that mean? When are they due? When's the money due? There's a lot of these, you know, things that your CPA should be talking about, but 
they're, they're not, unless it's coming in an email and you might not be reading those emails. Um, and then my favorite is how to deal with your CPA. I literally talk about the animal of a CPA and how you deal with them, when you should meet with them, when you shouldn't, the mistakes that CPAs are making. That alone would save you money because there are common errors that we make, things that fall through the cracks, and at least you'll know what they are and you'll know what questions to ask your, you know, your CPA so that that doesn't happen to you. But every module is a video and then it has an outline that is like a textbook. It's very thorough. It has all the material. And then you have another document of action steps like, okay, James, now you're going to go meet with your attorney and you're going to make sure you're this structure. What does that mean? Now you're going to have to go to the bank and give them this form. So it literally breaks it down. So it's not so cumbersome and overwhelming. And I mean, really, this is what I wish I had when I started um, because I had to go through a lot of, you know, other people's, I had to see other people's mistakes to see these trends. And I'm lucky enough to have seen 500, 1,000 plus businesses and how they work. And you start to see common things like, hmm, this is not a sustainable business model. Or, hmm, you know, in this line of work, you better have an HR component or you're just a target and it's a matter of time before you you get penalties that could really compromise the livelihood of your business. So um, I think it's, it, it's, a, it's something that, you know, if you didn't go to business school and you haven't taken any financial courses, if you just learn one thing, it's like buying a $10 magazine. You think it's so ridiculous that you're paying $10, but if you learn one tip, one trick, one piece of knowledge, it, it pays more more, more than you'd ever know. And just to give you one example, I have a CP, I have a, a client. She has been saving 50 grand a year now for the last six years, just because of something that I did in one hour. And I talk about this in what structure someone should be and why, and what the different options are and the, the pros and cons of each. But this is a woman who's making millions of dollars and she's just too busy. And her CPA, this happens to a lot of people, CPAs are not being proactive and saying, wow, James used to make this kind of money. Now he makes this money. We really should change him to this structure, which will save him 10 to 15% in taxes. And that's what it's translated to yeah, her, 50 awesome. grand a year. That's, uh, that's, and that was just money being left on the table. So if you guys, uh, if you guys are interested in finding about finding out more about, uh, the save your financial ass course, go to finances for and you can get more details and information there. Um, Dean, you've been a little bit quiet, my friend. I don't really, uh, I don't really know if, uh, if you're still with us, like if the parakeets have eaten you. <laughs> He's eating his biscuits. Let's keep it real. <laughs> right. Okay. So anytime, anytime we're talking about this kind of stuff, like, and you use these phrases that are probably more common in the U.S., I'm like really just trying to sit back and figure out what on earth you're talking about. It's like another language. Yeah. Like yeah, I probably okay. should have asked earlier. I don't know what a CPA is. <laughs> Certified public accountant. Oh, an accountant. Why don't you just say that? Uh, we decided we want to throw you off the scent. I think okay. that's really what it was. I did. I did actually. Yeah, I didn't know what the CP meant. I'm, I think I guessed the A. They can also be <laughs> <You're> re- like <laughs> they can be referred to you. as a certified pain in the ass. So right, <laughs> I pic- Dean. I picture you with like a legal pad, and you're just like writing out CPA and scratching out the words, and you're like, nope, it's not that. It's not that. And then finally, you're like, at least I think it's accountant. The asshole. And James is an asshole. Is James a CPA? Like that's the thoughts that were coming up inside your head. <laughs> but no, I've um 
I've loved this show. You know, I think, you know, one of the things that was just reminding me, like I, I go back several years, I, I think probably most people, they don't ignore this stuff because they just want to ignore this stuff. I think a lot of it's probably like intended ignorance and fear. Mm. Like I look back on myself and I, I remember the first time that, that I was kind of forced to look at the numbers was because I was going to move house like across the country to go and work with someone for like six months or so. And like before I moved, he was like, so like financially, can you do this move? Cause it involved like leaving one house, renting another place. And I was like, I don't know. I think so. He was like, well, what's, what's your numbers? Like how are things looking? Like how, like what's, what's the situation? I was like, I don't know. I've never looked at that. And this after being in business for like three wow. years, my solution was always just like, well, my, my answer to everything is just make more money. Why do I need to know what's going on behind that? <laughs> but it was like really scared. I remember like the, I remember sitting down and the feeling of like, that fear, like, oh my gosh, I'm about to really find out what's going on. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of scary. And I think you do probably build up build up scenarios in your mind where like either it's worse than you think or better than you think. Mm-hmm. And you you just like, I don't know. I don't I don't know if I want to find out. And so you stay ignorant to it and you step back from it and you just stay in your own little bubble, don't you? And you just keep going. So yeah, I think this is a good a good reminder to everybody not to not to be that way. Great. Thanks, well, Nora. Thanks. Yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks so much for uh, for coming on the show, Nora. I think uh, I think there's a lot of value in what you're doing. For the, those of you guys who want to check out what Nora's up to, go to financesforentrepreneurs.com and you can find out more. And we are going to wrap this thing up right now. So this is another episode of Just a Tips. Thank you guys for joining. Um, if you're uh, getting value out of the show, make sure you subscribe, tell your friends about it. And uh, we will talk with you guys next time. Later, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to Just the Tips, where we believe business should be profitable and fun. For show notes, links, and other information on our guests, visit justthetipshow.com. For more information on how to connect with Dean Holland, visit deanholland.com. And if you'd like to get free from the day-to-day operations of your business while making more money, visit me at jamespfreel.com forward slash autopilot. Our theme music is Happy Happy Game Show by Kevin McLeod, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 License.